Go to everydaynovelist.com slash support to join the madness. <laughs> Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1041. Today we hear from Indiana Jim, who says... In Secrets of the Heinlein Juvenile, Chapter 18, you write about the protagonist making adult moral choices. You wrote, The moment of moral choice usually comes down less to a grim determination to do the right thing or to be a responsible adult than it does to the question, Will I respect myself in the morning? This mechanic sets these books firmly apart from the naive idealism, flippant fate accompli, and or deep self-seriousness that characterizes so much other young adult fiction. And that's the end of the quote. Question continues. My mind immediately went to works like Harry Potter, The Hunger Games, or Twilight. Can you go a little deeper into specifically how modern YA fiction manifests the naive idealism, flippant fate accompli, and or deep self-seriousness, and how to avoid it? (laughs) Okay, so... For those of you who have not read the book, or who have not read the Heinlein Juveniles, it's one of the weird things about these books, and about actually um, some of the other uh, young adult fiction of the time, westerns and that sort of thing. The, a lot of the times, the the moral choice comes down to the char- the protagonist asking, which of the available choices can I respect myself for making? And that's really, really different than what you get in Harry Potter, The Hunger Games, and Twilight, and stuff like that. So let's take Harry Potter, for example. Harry Potter almost never makes a choice like that. There's a few moments in The Deathly Hallows where he has those kinds of moments. But most of the time, it's, we must defeat evil. The world depends on us. We are the good people, so we will win, but we have to work really hard. That's naive idealism and deep self-seriousness at the same time. A fait accompli is acting out of a sense of destiny, which you also see in Harry Potter quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I am the chosen one. I can win. He is the only one that can defeat Voldemort because of the mark that Voldemort left killing his mom or something. Was that it? Yeah. yeah. In Harry Potter, Harry really never faces a moral choice, aside from... Do I break the rules and fight evil, or do I stay at home in my room like Dumbledore has told me to? He simply doesn't. He is the instrument of destiny. In The Hunger Games, it's you don't have the naive idealism so much, but you do have the fait accompli. This is a fatalistic scenario. There's kind of moral choices, or at least there's, there's moral regret, um wrapped up in, oh, we have to kill some of our friends to survive the Hunger Games, but we want to save these people and that sort of thing. Do they at least eat <sighs> I don't think so. I don't remember. They call it the Hunger Games, and there's no cannibalism? Not that I remember. In those cases, there's not a lot of idealism at all, but it is deeply self-serious, and it is the fait accompli. They're acting out a fatalistic scenario, and they're trying to do their best 
in impossible circumstances. But never, ever, as far as I can remember, and if it happens, it happens rarely, is the issue at stake related to the maturity of the main character. Asking, will I respect... And Twilight, of course, the whole thing is there's no maturity involved at all. <laughs> um, it's deeply self-serious. It's very silly, and it's very flippant. Lots of destiny, lots of starry-eyed romanticism, the whole bit. Nowhere in these books, or very rarely in these books, do you have the character doing what adults do. And adults make moral choices when they're willing to make the choices and not just slide down whatever slippery slope they happen to be on. Adults make moral choices based basically on two premises. Which of these things can I do that will be less evil? And which of these choices before me can I live with making? Mm -hmm. The answers to those two questions are not always the same. Um, when you do a moral thing and you, like, save your child at great personal expense, you jump into a river to save someone else's child from drowning or whatnot, those are moral acts, but they're not moral choices. Moral choices are things that you don't do automatically, that you have to stop and think about. And one of the things that you think about as, as a kid, what you think about is, what's the right thing? What will my parents or my elders think of me? What will my peers think of me? As an adult, what you think about is, which of these options can I live with? Mm. It's one of the big different... There's, a, there's three or four, as I was doing the... Because of my process in doing Secrets of the Heinlein Juvenile, I got really interested in what makes for a mature person. Because it's not just age. We've all known 50-year-old uh, children. And it's and we've all known 18-year-olds and 16-year-olds who are prodigiously mature, not just for their age, but compared to the adults around them mm -hmm. in the way that they look at the world. There's a few things that make a person mature. One is the willingness to accept that life sucks and not be resentful about it. Yes. You play the ball where it lies. Another is that you internalize your value system, and your locus of control. That means that your moral choices are centered around your self-respect, not your image in the eyes of others. Your image in the eyes of others can help guide you towards what your culture will consider correct behavior. But what your culture considers correct behavior, if that is a good guide to your choices, that, may, that will result in you acting morally, but it will not result in your making a moral choice. Because it's already the thing that your culture approves of, so exactly. how is so that a choice? Already, you're already aware of what it is. You don't have to wrestle with it. And the third big thing that makes a character or a person mature is accepting the perverse consequences for their actions, even when they did the right thing. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the Lutheran minister, engaged in a plot to kill Hitler. That in his view, was the right thing. That was the choice he could live with in the morning. He could not stand idly by and still respect himself. So he got involved in a conspiracy to assassinate Hitler, and he was caught. He was caught, he was stuck in solitary confinement for several months, and then when it was clear that the, the Allies were going to roll through, surrender was imminent, one of Hitler's last acts of spite was to have Bonhoeffer executed about 48 hours before the Allies showed up. Bonhoeffer spent that time in prison in a book called Letters and Papers from Prison, 
writing his thoughts about the morality of what he had decided to do and about his attitude about his upcoming execution. And he accepted the execution as the cost of doing the right thing. That is maturity. Mm. An immature character will do the right thing, say, break... Let's choose a trivial example. A, an immature character will break the speed limit on the way to save a friend who's about to commit suicide. Mm. And then he'll get a ticket from a speed camera. And he'll complain about it. I was justified. I don't care. I was doing the right thing. He'll go into court and he won't argue about the law where speed cameras are concerned, which might get him off. He'll argue that he was righteous and the <laughs> court should give him a pass. A mature character will either argue the law or accept the fine. Because the mature character knows that the world doesn't give a shit about your personal conscience. You're operating within a system that has cause and effect, and actions provoke consequences. A mature person accepts responsibility for the consequences of the actions they have chosen. Those are the three big things. There's a few other things that make for maturity, like the willingness to attempt to see yourself as others see you. Not so that you can massage your image, but so that you can get a realistic perspective on your own faults. Stuff like that. But... Those three elements, as near as I can boil them down, are what make the difference between a mature person and an immature person. And one of the things with newer YA books is all of the characters, all of them, are desperately immature and never grow up. And that's one of the reasons I wrote Secrets of the Heinlein Juvenile. Because one of the reasons we need YA fiction is because it is not easy figuring out how to grow up. It's not easy figuring out how to be an adult, especially in a world that's populated with adult children. Especially in a world that um, has changed so mm -hmm. much that what the ground conditions are for the generation growing up is vastly different than the ground conditions that their parents and their grandparents lived mm -hmm. with. So they can't just take the stories we grew up with and try to navigate their current world with that. At least, I, I mean, at least, start, at least from a standing start. I mean, it, it can help, but mm -hmm. they, they face um, choices in a world that we didn't imagine, mm -hmm. even in our craziest science fiction. Mm -hmm. Our craziest science fiction was either too optimistic or too pessimistic and not mundane enough. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we got. Thank you for the question, Jim. And we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation, submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat, or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.